Now, sorry about that. Norris Gregory's sermon is entitled, Three Ways the Holy Spirit is Working in the World. Many things are happening in the world today. One is uh, the nations and America are struggling with the economies in their nations. Volcanoes, earthquakes, floods, drought, insect, all these things of nature are worsening. Pollution of the air, water, soil is increasing. Racial tensions, national, international relations are increasing as man struggles for his freedom, equality, recognition, and personal rights. Idolatry is increasing. False religions, superstitions, humanism, all these and more as man is struggling to find his way in this world. In all these problems and many more that we could list, we have a question to ask. What is the Holy Spirit doing? What is the Holy Spirit doing in the world? And I have three ways the scriptures identifies how the Holy Spirit is working in the world. But before I go into the meat of the message, a couple of things that I want to share. And uh, a couple of these uh, occurrences recently. One was uh, at the uh, memorial service for my wife's sister, Pat Alquist, who died in Kansas. And we went up there, and uh, in the evening, while my wife uh, was visiting with some of the family, and I was talking to some of their relatives and friends and, and people that were there, uh, then after a while, I sat down in the chair, and the TV was on. Fortunately, there was no sound. But uh, I couldn't understand what was going on on that television program. It was so weird. I mean, it was uh, the programming that was on was really weird. And uh, I happened to notice the girl. I don't know if she was there when I sat down or if she came later, but she had one of those apparatus. And uh, she was playing with it, and she was laughing at some of the, and I was looking at some of the stupidest stuff on that apparatus. And she was laughing, so she understood what was going on. And then there was another little girl, maybe her relative or a friend or whatever, and she called her over, and she came over, and they were both watching that and laughing. And uh, I thought, no, that's not my thing. And uh, the next day at the memorial service, uh, I let my wife sit on the front row with some of the other relatives, her, her sisters and other family that were there. And there was an empty chair right behind her. So I sat back there behind her. And uh, I noticed there was another little boy. I, it seemed like I'd noticed him the evening before at the family. And I talked to him and he said, yeah, he, he was in the back room uh, playing his games and I made a mistake and asked him what he was playing and he proceeded to tell me 
and uh, going clear back to the series of the beginning of those uh, things that he was playing on that apparatus. And uh, after a while, I told him, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't understand anything. He says, you sound like my grandpa. <laughs> and uh, so uh, anyway, uh, he proceeded to tell me about his uh, whatever he was doing on that thing. Now, there's more, and I've had more experiences along those lines, but I'm going to let that pass right now and get back to the message. And the question that we have is, what is the Holy Spirit doing in the world today? And I want to identify three ways that the Holy Spirit is working. And uh, we will see that in John, the 17th, uh, the 16th chapter, verse 7 and 8. Now, there are a couple of things that I want to say here. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But till I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. Those three things. Now, I want to talk a little more in detail about those things, but uh, first, I have uh, a few words in these things that I want to call our attention to that Jesus said. He said, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. We saw in the first message that Jesus identifies himself as the truth, the way, and the life. And uh, the truth is one of the things that is we know is absent in the world today. There are a lot of liars out there. There's a lot of phoniness out there. There's a lot of uh, confusion out there. There is a little bit of truth, and we'll talk about that a little later. But right now, uh, there's a few words here that he said that uh, it is expedient for you that I go away. It's necessary for you that I go away. And so he was going to be absent for a while and that was very important and that was uh, very necessary uh, because he said, uh, for if I go not away, the comforter will not come. Now, the comforter is, uh, the, as the Greek identifies the parakletos, is one who goes along beside or uh, also an advocate or a pleader, like we have lawyers that are advocates that plead for us, that uh, state the case for us to God and uh, he said uh, but if I uh, go I will send him to you but uh, if I depart I will send him unto you and when he has come there's three things here he will reprove the world of sin now this word reprove means that he will rebuke he will convince he will convict the world of three things and these three things are kind of related, but I want to go through them uh, here. And uh, first, uh, some people might wonder, well, what are we doing as a church? We seem kind of small, but uh, we want to remember, we're walking in the truth. We're holding to the commandments of God. We're holding to the Sabbath. We're holding to the holy days. And there's more all over this world that are like us. We may be small in numbers here in Tulsa, in a congregation, in a group, in a gathering. 
But we've got to remember that God has people all over this world. And uh, there's something going on in the world that affects them and us and uh, will be uh, troubling to the world and troubling uh, somewhat to us. But uh, let's go back to uh, John, the 13th chapter. And uh, I want to read uh, verse 19 through 21. Jesus said, now I tell you before it come to pass that when it has come to pass you may believe that I am he. Verily, verily I say unto you he that receiveth whomsoever I send receiveth me and he that receiveth me receiveth him that sent me. And so Jesus is telling us that uh, we've got to receive him. And we'll have more of this a little later in, a, in another message. But uh, I want to uh, mention that uh, in our Bible study Tuesday night, we got to talking about uh, some of the uh, words of man and some of the words of the Bible and uh, some of the expressions that uh, the Bible uses. And we got to talking about light and darkness and how in the day of the Lord, there's going to be, it's a day of darkness and a day of light. And the darkness, because in the world is sin, brings darkness. But God's kingdom brings light and truth. Jesus is the light, and he identifies himself in many, many uh, metaphors of what he is and how he is. But we can have both darkness and we can have light shining out of the darkness. And so we know that uh, uh, Jesus said that uh, he would send the comforter to give uh, a certain amount of um, comfort to those who were called out of the world and who were responding to his direction and his leading. Now, uh, we read just, just by way of information, sometimes in the Greek that's translated into the English, you'll read of the Holy Spirit and reference to God as it, kind of a neuter, neutral word, or him, uh, the same, sometimes in the same uh, few verses, him and it, meaning the same. Now, Jesus is masculine, the Father is masculine, but he can also appear and appeal to women in the feminine. And so they can uh, exalt themselves through his Holy Spirit, even though the Spirit is masculine in nature, and they can have their femininity uh, accelerated and advanced uh, with God's help as, as a woman, as a believer. Now, I want to look at these three uh, phrases here that Jesus said. First one, he said uh, uh, that uh, after he comes, yet a little while, and the world sees me no more, but you see me because I live, you shall live also. At that day you shall know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. And uh, let's go back to uh, John, the 16th chapter now, in verse 8. And when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. Of sin, because they believe not on me. 
Now, all over this world, uh, sin we know is a transgression of the law. It's missing the mark. It's not holding to the right standard of God. And all over this world, men are sinning. And uh, so we have uh, uh, that to uh, see that the Holy Spirit is working all over this world because of sin, because of its effect on mankind. And now what is he doing? Uh, the second thing uh, we want to look at here is in Romans, the third chapter. Let's turn to Romans 3 just briefly and uh, read verse 19. He says, Now we know that whatsoever things soever the law says, it says to him who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped, and all the world may become guilty before God. And so God is sending out this word all over this earth to affect and to remind and to show men what is sin, that they will be rebuked and reproved and that they will be turning from that sin and turning to God in righteousness. Uh, in Psalm 107, in Psalm 16, verse 7, I guess, God says, the righteous Lord loves righteousness. In Psalm 146, verse 8, the Lord loveth the righteous. In 1 John 2, 1, let's read that. 1 John 2, 1. My little children, these things write I unto you, that you sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. So if a person that's a believer who is not supposed to sin stumbles and does sin, then we have one who goes along beside us. We have an advocate. We can have uh, Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of the Father, appeal to God and say, you know, this person inadvertently stumbled and fell. They sinned. Uh, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do, and they did it inadvertently. Now, we are struggling to resist and to overcome and to grow, and it takes a lifetime, doesn't it? And the sin sneaks up on us, and, and we're affected by what's going on in the world today, uh, that the uh, Holy Spirit, even though it's with us, and like I said, in another message, we'll see what the Holy Spirit is doing in the individual and how it's working in our lives individually. But right now, our concern is what the Holy Spirit is doing in the world. And it says it's going to convict or convince the world of sin. And that's what it's doing. Even though it doesn't respond, even though it re is reproved and rebuked and reminded of truth and light and right, and the law is identifying what sin is. But the world is not responding to that. And so uh, we want to go on now with the second part in uh, John 16, 
verse, uh, I'll get my pages turned here. Verse 9, of sin, because you believe not on me. Of righteousness, verse 10, because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Now, the world is wrapped up and caught up in sin. Righteousness is the keeping of God's commandments. They laugh at, I'm talking about the world, they laugh at, they criticize, they ignore the commandments of God. And that is, all these three things here are related, sin, righteousness, and judgment. But now we're talking about judgment and how that the world is affected because of the Prince of Peace, uh, because of the judgment of God. It's beginning now on the Church of God. It's beginning on us, convincing us and showing us, and it's going to grow, but judgment is now by the Holy Spirit showing the world where it is wrong and how it's violating the commandments of God. We may not see that. We may not uh, care that that is happening, but all over this world, God's Holy Spirit is pointing out sin and is pointing out what uh, righteousness is and the way of righteousness. And verse 11, of judgment because the prince of this world is judged. Now, I want to uh, us to understand that uh, Jesus, when he was talking to the disciples, he told them he was going to go away for a while. And they had some questions. Whither are you going to go? And where are you going to go? There's a lot of scriptures that I'm leaving out that I could uh, point to this. And then later he told them that when he was going away, and they didn't ask, where are you going, but why? Why are you going? And uh, part of the answer is uh, found in his words, but uh, also uh, in the example of the Apostle Paul. And I want to just show one uh, example here from Acts, the 20th chapter, verse 38. Acts 20, verse 38. Paul is uh, talking and giving a witness and a testimony to some of the elders there. And uh, he says in uh, verse 38, Are you not... Uh, wait, that's Acts 22. I want to go to Acts. Here's his words to those elders that were uh, falling on his neck and pleading for him and, and kissing him as he was departing. Sorrowing most of all for the words which he spake that they should not see his face no more. And they accompanied him uh, because they knew that he was going to be gone. And the things that he was saying was something that they wanted to hear. And so... The disciples were feeling that same thing about Jesus. And they first were concerned about where he was going. And the second thing was why he was going away. And he was going away to leave a, an important example and an important lesson for them. 
And that is one of the things that uh, we see now that affects us. Uh, he was going away, and uh, they were uh, looking for him as a goal of their uh, uh, recognition, his coming glory, their blessings, its benefits. They didn't think about that. They were thinking about him leaving them and going away, but it was necessary. Jesus knew that he had to go away for a time, and then when he come back, as he's coming to us now, we've had a couple of thousand years that have expired since uh, the time that he walked on this earth, and he's coming real soon, and we're looking for him, and we're looking for uh, the uh, return of Jesus Christ to come to uh, fulfill his word of promise that he's going to uh, do in us and complete uh, his work that he's accomplishing. So there's three things that he's doing in the world today. He's convincing the world of sin. He's convicting the world because of righteousness. And he's convicting the world of judgment that is going to come. Now, this world of sin, one day... It's going to be the Satan, the devil, that is causing all of this turmoil and lies and disruption is going to be finally judged and put away. And there's going to be a great time of peace and comfort and blessing coming on this world. And so we can see what the Holy Spirit is doing partially now in the world. And we'll see in the future more what the Holy Spirit is doing in our life and as individual believers, what we can expect of God and Jesus Christ to do in us. So I'm going to conclude that portion of the message today.